The last time our intrepid band of heroes were off adventuring, they stormed an estate, killed a bunch of monsters, ran a lot, and then some more, and then some more, killed some stuff, and then found themselves in the uh, throne room with Amorist Shadow Step, and he chucked a uh, an orb at the party while he walked through a portal. Now on with the adventure. So the orb now lifts off the ground, glowing and pulsating, and a creature that is huge begins to take form. Uh, if you need an image, uh, think about like uh, the, the dog from that movie, The Thing, the one from back in the 80s, uh, that gets its face split in half. Yeah, uh, kind of a hideous monster like that. Uh, you can pause this, Google it if you need to. Um, so the monster materializes, it's huge, it's massive, and immediately, of course, course uh, Calidon rushes forward to attack, and promptly misses, because that's the kind of day he's having. Uh, he does manage to throw a little bit of lightning, though, and uh, it doesn't do much, but it does something. Uh, Moonstar shoots some more lightning at it, which crisps it a little bit, but again, doesn't do a whole lot. Uh, Cecil, the brave paladin, uh, runs forward, screaming for the sheep, and swings his great sword twice, and misses, because that's the kind of day he's having, too. Uh, Ty promptly uh, polymorphs Cal and Cecil into giant apes and turns tail and runs into the other uh, into the other room. And, you know, at this point, the, the monster that's materialized, we're going to call him the BBEG for big, bad, evil guy, uh, decides to teleport to the other room that Ty just ran into and attacks Ty. But then also misses because apparently that's the kind of day everybody's having. And after, you know, you know, trying to attack, you know, the little teenage sorcerer guy, uh, it promptly retreats to the other side of the, the room there. Uh, Ty tries to stab at him but, as he retreats, but also misses because that's everyone's day here. We miss everything. At least for equal opportunity with it. Uh, so long story short with this battle, um, there's lots of, uh, you know, Apes running around, smashing stuff, throwing rocks at things. Um, uh, then eventually, then eventually, um, then eventually, Ty gets swallowed by the BBEG, and which was a little freaky. But then what happens is that he doesn't actually appear in the creature's stomach. Instead, he's in an interdimensional space and is facing another one of the BBEGs. Um, yeah, that's what's, yeah, it's one of those things. Um, so in the meantime, the rest of the party is like, holy shnikey, we just let a teenage sorcerer get get eaten. And they try attacking it. And as I attack the original creature, uh, Ty on the, in the interdimensional space sees damage also being replicated there, but he has no idea what's happening on the, in the, his home dimension there. Uh, but... Then, uh, you know, on the outside, the, the original creature then also swallows Moonstar, uh, who now joins uh, <laughs> joins Ty. Ty is slightly relieved, mostly still freaking out, but slightly relieved. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, what, what happens, but <clears throat> that, uh, you know, you know, uh, more of the party uh, gets swallowed up, you know, uh, you know, Cecil gets swallowed up by the original one. Um, the the second one that's appeared um, also swallows you know uh, you know Moonstar gets swallowed in 
then he gets swallowed in a second time, and then Cecil gets swallowed in a second time, so now they're in like a third interdimensional plane, and it's just getting really, really Inception-y here, um, you know? But long story short, they do manage to uh, to kill it. It's actually Cecil that kills it. You know, no, no real interest in noting that, but just that I should for the record. Uh, Cecil kills it, saving the day. Um, the creature all explodes. Uh, you know, Cal's the only one left out there by this point in the original dimension. And, you know, Cecil, Ty, and Moonstar are all just, you know, left, you know, standing in the uh, the corpse's, you know, space there. And so they finish killing the monster, and the portal's still active, the one that Amorous Shadow Step uh, went through. Cal, you know, not wanting to do anything as pedantic as, you know, debate about, you know, what could be on the other side, just runs straight into it. And he finds himself in basically a dark room. He's completely blind, can't see anything. Uh, I mean, he can hear a little bit of a low rumble, like maybe there's a large crowd, you know, distant, you know, distant from him uh, further down. But all I can tell is that there's just crates everywhere. And Cal, being the uh, man of action that he is, promptly starts grabbing them and chucking them through the portal. Uh, back in the throne room, all of a sudden, shipping crates just start running through, uh, starts, uh, you know, coming through the portal there. Everyone just kind of stands out of the way. And, you know, the some of the crates are empty. Some of them are full of, uh, you know, uh, dresses, statues, stuff like that. Um, you know, it kind of looks like costumes or anything. And so once once the, the crates start, uh, stop flying, uh, Ty walks through the door, joins, joins Cal there. And fortunately, Ty has uh, dark vision, so he can actually tell where he's at and he can figure out okay we're in the supply room here and you can see there's actually a few mannequins that cal had not spotted and checked through the portal and by this point moonstar and cecil decide to follow and you know they they kind of check things out um you know uh, you know they can hear the kind of that low rumble but they can't really pick up anything else and you know ty sets up a bonfire from some of the you know pieces of a crate that are still in the room uh, Cal spots a mannequin promptly, picks it up, and ties it to his back to uh, take with it. Um, he tries to actually go back through the portal because he wants to get a costume for the mannequin, uh, but kind of, uh, you know, coyote style from the Roadrunner cartoons, runs at the portal along the wall there and just smashes right into it. Um, you know, Cecil says, oh, well, maybe you just need more force. So he uh, picks him up and uh, throws him at the wall you know, where the faint outline of the portal is still at, but only manages to hurt Cal a little bit more. So that went well. Uh, so they go out, so they leave the supply room there. They're just kind of in the hallway and, you know, they kind of uh, check them out a little bit, but they can just, they're just more storage rooms. So they do some more wandering around and, you know, the Moonstar sneaks upstairs when they come to a stairway and they just, you know, spot a, uh, a lone sentry up there. You know, doesn't look like anything big. Um, then Moonstar goes back downstairs, and he can uh, he can pick out a few words. You know, um, you know, like Amorous Shadow Step. He can identify that name. Uh, Donovan Upbridge, another name from the uh, from Capbrook City Council. But he can't really pick out. You know, what's actually happening to the conversation. Uh, it kind of sounds like to him that some noble people are talking about an emergency city council meeting and uh, the consequences of it, you know, in their in their guilds and such. Uh, so Moonstar comes back, fills in the group, decide to go upstairs, try to sneak back the sneak, sneak past the sentry. Uh, try, try, Ty, you know, tries to be all sneaky and tries to, you know, put him to sleep, but that fails. So instead he uses suggestions and they just start interrogating him. 
they find out that they're on the sixth floor of the building. The only way out, out is by going down. Uh, people are meeting downstairs for a big meeting. Moonstar says, hey, let's just get to the roof, polymorph into birds, and pff, get out of here. Uh, you know, that sounds like a good idea, but, this, but the, before they do that, they decide to check out Amra Shadowstep's uh, private suite that happens to be on that floor. And, you know, they want to, you know, scope things out a little bit more before they take off. So they get into the suite, you know, uh, you know, they st- snag the keys from the sentry that they have, uh, you know, under, under interrogation, get in, it's empty, you know, pretty normal stuff there. Um, Moonstar goes in, he checks out the balcony and he can see that on the center stage there, uh, they can tell they're kind of in a theater here. Uh, in the center stage there, there's seats for 10, but only eight are occupied. Seven of the eight are guild leaders, uh, including Amor Shadow Step you know, and others. Uh, but there are two missing people there. Uh, one is uh, Varen Camry, you know, the uh, undercover celestial of the, for the uh, sponsor for the party. And also Cormac Treyard, who is the leader of the Fullers. I don't remember what the Fullers do. Yeah. Uh, Moonstar can tell that, you know, the theater tiers along the wall, there are pretty empty, but, you know, uh, you know, down on the ground floor there, you know, the seats there are, are, uh, are fairly full. There's a sizable crowd there watching the discussion. And Ty decides he wants to, uh, you know, do something dramatic and also stupid. And he wants to sneak up to the group on the stage and throw holy water on everybody there to figure out who the, uh, the, the demons are. Um, Cal says you know, he'll stay behind to intimidate the group from the balcony, and in the meantime, Cecil and Moonstar will be uh, will will be on the roof to to be polymorphed into birds to escape, so they can uh, take it get out of there. So Ty uses Dimension Door. Uh, that will be well. He will use Dimension Door to get out of the theater for his escape. Uh, Casts invisibility himself, gets downstairs. You know, sneaks downstairs downstairs through the crowd, gets onto the stage. And then, uh, <clears throat> you know, his visibility drops as he, as he drops his concentration so they can throw the holy water that they've made um, on, a, on the group there. And he screams, be gone, ye demons. Um, <clears throat> and two of the people that get uh, the holy water on them, Isold Leafstone and Blaine Greystone, shriek in pain, uh, literally smoking from the holy water. Now, mind you, this he doesn't have a lot of holy water, so it's more like wisps that come up. Um, you know, it's not a, no, it's not, it's not like, you know, like a huge flames or anything. Um, so Donovan Upbridge, you know, screams to demand what's going on. Um, you know, there's a lot of pandemonium that just starts, uh, starts happening. You know, Ty, he starts backing away, you know, he, you know, he points out that, you know, that Leafstone and Greystone are demons because of the holy water. Um, guards are coming. Unfortunately, you no, know, Ty's wearing his mask so people can't identify him immediately. And, uh, you know, he, as the guards are coming at him, he calls upon the people to read themselves with the demons and then uses Dimension Door to get himself outside of the, the theater there, puts some visibility back on himself, and books it out of the place. Now, high up in the Shadow Steps uh, suite there on the balcony, Cal notices that uh, some of the figures are acting kind of uncharacteristically calm while the rest of the people are panicking. Um, you know, the guards secure the guild leaders, get them off stage. Unfortunately, his vision is not great enough. He can't actually tell who who's asking who's acting really calm compared to everybody else. So he decides to uh, to book it up, you know, to the roof and turn into a bird and fly around. And as they're doing that, you know, the the crowd from inside of the theater there is outside. Cal decides to kind of make a bit of a detour, flies over the crowd, and uh, lets loose some poop. 
releases his bowels. And he's pretty certain that he hit, hit at least one person. Who it was, we may never know. Uh, the regroup later that night, the Crooked Lantern, um, decided, you know what? Probably good to skip town since uh, Amor Shadow Step can identify them. Uh, so they send Gesh, Aaron, uh, the preserved bodies of Dane and Vachette, and the albino Chim Chim, and Kalshi out of the city. Uh, and they point him towards Sigmund Veritas's estate, figuring it's probably the best place for them. Uh, and But they decide to fly, uh, turning into birds, and they bring Gruffer with them for kicks, because they can. They need somebody to record their stories. After about a half hour flying, they get to Veritas. Uh, they decide, well, they first make a detour to fly to Baron Camry's estate to fill him in on what's happened. After about a half hour flying, they get there and they see all the lights are off and they see that um, points of access have been broken into, like walls have been knocked down, broken into. And so they decide to take a turn and just keep on flying and they fly out of town to Sigmund Veritas, Veritas's estate instead. And his place, in contrast, has pleasant lights on, undamaged walls, which is very important, that kind of stuff. And naturally, they beat Gash and Aaron in the cart there. And, you know, the butler answers the door, you know, uh, goes to fetch Veritas. And they're left waiting for a while, like almost an hour. Uh, but, you know, Veritas does indeed show up. He's rather disheveled. And he says, well, you've all been very busy. And he gives them an update on what's been going on in Capbrook. Um, and he said, you know, uh, it's kind of been a bit crazy. Uh, apparently the night that the, the group infiltrated Amherst's estate, one of his accomplices, a Anesh Kutar had intended to confront them, but didn't for some reason. Um, and this Anesh Kutar was actually a, uh, uh, Yuan Hmm. wonder if she was hiding down there and we just didn't run into her. Oh, well. So she left the estate and contacted all the demon associates that Shadow Steps' uh, position had been compromised. So they decided to make an assault on Varen Camry's estate of Stead and, and slaughtered all of his servants. Uh, Veritas, he lost track of Varen Camry and has no idea what's actually happened to him. In addition to that, the demons have uh, been making, you know, they, they got the city council together in their fabricated story. Um, saying that Camry and Shadow Step had been attacked and they're pinning the blame on... Uh, on the Amir, the, this group. And that's what the council meeting was about at the theater, was to address this threat. And Shadowship was actively working to place the blame on Cormac Treyard, you know, saying that he was trying to grab power for himself. Uh, Treyard and, Ch and Camry had been publicly disagreeing, so, you know, that kind of helped sell it to people. And because of that, Treyard had been put under house arrest, you know, for his, air quotes, protection. Uh, with Ty's stunt, um, observant people spotted the smoking demons, but most people didn't. Uh, so demons are trying to cover up as much as possible. Uh, this is forcing their hands. So they're going to have to make their move in the next 24 hours. Uh, that means they won't have the portals to call upon for more troops, since the Emir have been pretty good at disrupting the obsidian supply lines and been breaking portals left and right throughout the land. Veritas, as far as he knows, isn't compromised, so they're welcome to spend the night at his estate. And they decide to do so. And, you know, Gash and Aaron in the car to arrive a few hours later. Next morning, uh, Veritas is gone. Um, and they say that, you know, uh, news got out of uh, Pert Hopper. It was assassinated overnight. Pretty much all the other guild leaders had gotten into hiding with their personal guards. Um, Veritas left to obtain leads on them. Um, one of them, Brianna, was last seen taking a boat out of the city, as was 
Torval Firestill. Um, Isolde, Amherst, and Blaine Greystone have all also disappeared. Um, Cormac Treyarch is still under house arrest. Donovan Upbridge was last seen going to the Temple of Erroneus and had not been seen since. And the city is under martial law. So trying to, you know, enter or leave the city on foot can be pretty tricky. Fortunately, they have a few tricks and they turn back into birds and they fly back into the city. Uh, they decide to, ch- to go straight to the Temple of Heronius since they have a paladin that can help out and hopefully get, you know, upbridge it back on their side. Get in safely. Um, Cal tries to land on an altar, but gets waved away by a page. Cal poops on him in retaliation. So great start to getting allies there. Uh, once I do, uh, Cecil barks at the page to bring in the, archbi- the arch- archbishop, um, who, you know, arrives a few minutes later. Cecil explains what's been going on. Uh, ask what they want, to, and the, the bishop asks him what they want plan to do next. They say they know Upbridge is there, you know, and they, they you know they want his assistance. The uh, bishop's under certain oaths, say you know he can't disclose anything, but you know perhaps if they uh, make an appeal to Heronius, you know that might help out. So Cecil prays that uh, Upbridge will join them in restoring order to the city and resist the, the the demons that are there. And Cal wants to see the you know uh, the special shield that. Uh, that Cecil saw in his last visit here, the Shield of St. Agrius. And he keeps pestering the poor page to go see it down in the crypt and just doesn't let it go. And yeah, Ty projects an image of it. And, <laughs> you know, Cecil kind of just, you know, dismisses the page and lets him get away before things get even more awkward with Cal. Uh, the bishop returns with a couple of upbridges bodyguards. Uh, they have to go through you know, a bit of a routine to make sure that everyone's on the up and up. They, you know, teleport to a different location to do an interrogation. Everything's good. Come back. They go down below the temple, even below the catacombs. It's super deep and creepy and all that weird stuff. And they meet, meet with Upbridge and they, you know, start discussing what's been going on. Um, Upbridge explains they can't reverse the martial law decree with, with the absence of two guild leaders unless they've located, you know, the non-demon leaders. Uh, they recommend, you know, getting Cormac Treyard first and then searching for the other guild leaders that are in hiding. Uh, Donovan says, okay, you can have most of my guards, but I'm re- reserving several for myself just in case. And he also provides a location, a layout of Treyard's estate where he's under house arrest so they can, you know, plan a jailbreak. Once they do that, you know, they'll, uh, they'll, ta- they'll bring him back to the temple there, which is the most secure place for them right at the moment. Um, as it turns out, you know, Brianna Treyard is Cormac Treyard's daughter. They had a falling out uh, some time ago over the way he was running his guild. And she used her inheritance to take over the textile guild. That's cool. Um, the real reason they had a falling out is that she had elevated a commoner to the number two position in the textile guild, uh, which, you know, just isn't done there. Upbridge doesn't, doesn't really believe that she was knowingly in line with the demons, but it's kind of more a result of politics, how she ended up agreeing with, you know, Greystone and Shadowstep more often than not. Uh, Donovan says he's going to, you know, Upbridge says he's going to spare half a dozen guards to assist them. Um, he also says he's offering uh, his own uh, pri- private ship to, you know, contact Brianna, you know, uh, Treyard and uh, Firestone to try to get them back to the city. Um, on their way out, uh, with with his guards, you know, the party asks the archbishop if they can borrow some of the holy artifacts they have in hand. But the bishop explains that, you know, if they re- remove them, that's going to reduce the holiness of the temple, make them more, you know, more vulnerable to demons. 
So they say, we know they'll look at that as a last resort. And that's where we're at. So hopefully things uh, go well for them. Probably won't.